This is the Critical Conversations podcast, a KPOV special project developed to feature unique perspectives and the courage it takes to go there, challenge mundane thought, and question the norm. Hi, Vicki. It's great to be with you this morning. Thanks for asking me. Vicki Shearer, you are the leader of a group called Pet Evacuation Team, or PET, and we are going to talk today about all the work that you do and things that your group needs and just help people find out more about this wonderful team of people and the work that you do. So tell us about you and PET. Well, Pet Evacuation Team has been in existence for 22 years. We were originally formed after a lapine couple saw that there was a need for somebody to take care of animals while evacuees were out of their homes. So we take care of domestic animals and livestock until you're able to return to your home. Yes, and and you get calls quite frequently, don't you, for things like that or for animals that have had to be brought in because of neglect or you know that sort of thing as well? Uh, yes, we assist with Ben PD and the Deschutes County Sheriff if they need assistance with an animal seizure due to starvation or neglect. Our police officers are trained in firearms and they're trained in evasive driving and all kinds of things, but they don't necessarily know how to scruff a cat. So that's where our volunteers come in to help. We recently assisted with a seizure in January. We evacuated 76 pigs and 16 goats. And that was a two-day operation. We had, I think, 23 pet volunteers that put in 153 man hours. Wow. So they have to be knowledgeable about how to manage animals from the farm as well as animals that come from people's homes. Yes. Yes. Everybody got a lesson on how to use a pig board. And one of my neighbors loaned us a dozen pig boards, and that's how we were able to get the pigs into the horse trailers. You also mentioned in your newsletter that there's a very special thing that you can do with sheep in order to be able to handle them without a lot of trauma to them. Oh, yes. Well, you've probably seen sheep shearers do it. They just pick up the front legs and tip the sheep back on their hind end and that puts them into a very relaxed state so that you can handle them yeah i i saw a video too where like wildlife managers know how to handle birds by laying them on their back and and holding them on their you know back with their feet up and their back down so there are ways once you learn it that you can probably learn how to work with just about any animal then i'm i'm sure yes and when you are called out to these things, it takes quite a bit of equipment. You mentioned the pig boards, but other equipment that you must need to use as well. Well, luckily, Pet Evacuation Team only owns one horse trailer, but quite a few of our volunteers have their own personal horse trailers. So we had six horse trailers to haul the livestock for that rescue. 
And then we always haul our 20-foot equipment trailer to every event. And that not only has snacks for the volunteers, but shovels and rakes. And a few of those pigs were so small that we put them into dog crates for their own protection because we didn't want them to get trampled by the larger pigs. So we separated out the babies and put them in dog crates. And of course, then that was a huge mess to clean up afterwards. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I would imagine it would be. But we always have our equipment trailer and we make any of our equipment available to the sheriff's office for what they need because they don't have it with them. You know, they just have their patrol cars. Right. So if people are interested in becoming volunteers, there must be a bit of training because I wouldn't know the first thing about handling farm animals and even even dogs and cats can take some special training or, or just well, that's knowledge. true. And we never ask our volunteers to do anything that they aren't comfortable with. Some people are very comfortable with livestock and some people are not. But we're always looking for volunteers. And you can sign up on the Pet Evacuation Team website. There's a volunteer application on that. And about twice a year, we have a three-part volunteer training. It takes about five hours. And we go through all the rules and regulations and give everybody an opportunity to put their hands on some different animals. Good. And and you do help out when there are wildfires and a lot of animals become displaced because of wildfires and families having to leave their homes. Yes. Yes. We usually set up at the fairgrounds or the rodeo grounds, which is close, but not too close to wherever the wildfire is. So we're very fortunate that the fairgrounds people open up to us for that. Right. What would you say is probably the largest number of animals you've had there like during a wildfire event? That would be in 2020 during the holiday or Sandy Am fires. We had horses, chickens, geese, pigs, sheep, ducks, and we had just under 100 animals that we cared for for nine days. And then unfortunately, those animals had no homes to go back to. Because the so, fire was so extensive, yeah. Yes, their their homes were gone. So we worked with the owners of these animals to find new homes for them. Oh, okay, yes. And so that means that if you have a large number of animals like that and you're taking care of them over an extended amount of time, your volunteers must have to work kind of round the clock in shifts? We do. We have a, an app that we use to sign up for shifts, and we usually work in four-hour shifts, and they cross over so that one shift can report to the next about the personality of a particular animal or mm. behavior or, you know, if there's been a problem with food or anything like that. Yes, and and I noticed that there was an app that you mentioned in your newsletter that I think it was called Slack. Yes. Yeah, Slack.com. Slack is the app that we use to notify our volunteers so that when I get a call from emergency services, for instance, and they say there's a fire in this subdivision and we may be calling you out. 
then I can send out one message and it will reach all of our volunteers at once and telling them, get ready, pack your go bags. We may be called out. And then when, you know, they give us the green light, then I send another Slack message, say, okay, meet at the fairgrounds or, you know, something like that. It's a big time saver so that I don't have to notify all 75 members of our group separately. Oh, so you have 75 people on your team. Yeah, we have about 75 active members. Wow, that's great. Well, and the other thing that I noticed too is that you also use another online capability and that is signup.com. Yes, that's how we schedule our shifts when we're when we've been deployed. Right. And do you use that just like you had to when you were up at the fairgrounds and people were signing up all the way around? Or are there other times that you use that as well? We we also use that for public events. This weekend, the pet team will be at the pole pedal paddle. And yeah. uh, so we had we sent out a request over sign up and people signed up to work different shifts at that event. Right. And our, our interview is not going to play until after that event is over. But do you have enough people that are signed up to help out with that? Yes. Yes, we oh, do. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And so if somebody's going to be a part of your volunteer team, they have to be willing and able to use these two different programs, the Slack and also signup.com in order to stay connected and informed about what's going on. Yes. In in your training that you do for your volunteers, do you include those two things in the training when they're when people are going through this five hour training? We do tell them about it, and then we are lucky enough to have an extremely techy volunteer on our team, and he makes himself available if there's any issues, so oh, they can right. just call him. Yeah. Oh, good. You mentioned your webpage earlier, so let's share that right now, and we can share it again at the end of our interview. Okay, it's pettevacuationteam.com, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Oh, good. Great. Well, and you probably need help with donations from people as well, the financial donations that are going to support you, because you probably don't get any kind of other money, do you? We're an all-volunteer organization, and we rely entirely on donations to exist. Yes, so, so you have a spot on your webpage that you can ask people to use in order to... Yes, get, there's a button you, There's a button on our page. It says, just donate. And oh, good, right. Every little bit helps. Another way that we support ourselves is through our bottle drop program. Uh-huh. So if you have bottles and cans that you would like to donate, we can bring you the blue bottle drop bags. And it's just so easy to go to the bottle drop place on 2nd Street here in Bend. And there's also one in Redmond. And you just scan the QR code and drop it in the door. And then the pet evacuation team gets the credit for your donation. Right. And as a nonprofit, those different ways of donating are pretty important for your group. 
They really are. We were lucky enough to raise $5,000 through Bottle Drop last year. And our goal is $6,000 this year because, as everybody knows, fuel isn't getting any cheaper. Right, right. And sometimes you must have to make lots of trips to get the animals from where they are to where they need to be for help. Right, right. We do. Yeah. And we work in the Deschutes, Jefferson, and Crook County. And occasionally we make a little trip down to northern Klamath County. So that requires a lot of traveling. That's going to use up gasoline pretty fast. Yeah. Right. How long have you been with with the pet evacuation team, Vicki? This is my eighth year. You coordinate everything and make sure it's all going smoothly. Yes, but yeah. I have a lot. I have a lot of great team members that help out with that. And and one part of the team members that you might need more of is some board members. Isn't that correct? Yes, we have two vacancies on our board right now. So, if there's anybody out there that would like to be on the pet evacuation team board, we'd like to hear from you. And how many people do you usually have serving on the board at one time? Seven. Seven. Okay. So is is there any kind of limitations, like once they're on it for a certain amount of time that they have to leave, or is it just because people find the situation that they can't stay on the board? There are two-year terms, and but sometimes, you know, life comes up and people yeah. can't continue. And And is that an election kind of thing, or people just volunteer to be on the board? Well, we'd like them to submit a letter stating you know, why they would like to be on the board and what they could bring to the board. And then the board will invite them to to become a member. All right. So that, that is that information on your webpage as well, that if somebody's interested in doing that, they can become a board member under your volunteer tab? Yes, there's several different positions that we're looking for. So that's under the volunteer tab. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. So they can just go to that pettevacuationteam.com. And another thing that we could always use is we can always use collapsible black wire crates. And we we found out that at this last rescue that we could also use a couple of lariats. So if there's any cowboys or cowgirls out there that have an old older but still usable lariat we could use a couple of those oh all right now the the black collapsible cages do they should they be a certain size or would you take them in any size to be able to accommodate whatever size of animal they need to be right we we would accept any size at all great and the, the nice thing about collapsible is they are collapsible so when you're not using them they can be collapsed and you can store yes. them more easily can't you Yes. Well, I am so glad that your group exists and that they're out there and helping all the time. Oh, the animals that you picked up in January, are any of those still in your care or have they all found permanent homes? They went to the Deschutes County Rescue Ranch that's out near not landfill. Oh, uh uh-huh. And so Deschutes County Sheriff is taking care of them until the case is settled. Okay. And so you would just were the the people who picked them up and moved them out to the Deschutes County Rescue Ranch. Yes. 
Okay. So if a person sees animals that look like they're neglected, they can play a very important role in helping these poor animals out, can't they? Yes. It's a law enforcement situation. Mm -hmm. So if you see animals that you believe are neglected, you should call the non-emergency number of the sheriff's department. Okay. And not directly to you guys to do any of that. You get your orders from outside. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, good. And again, your webpage is? PetEvacuationTeam.com. Right. And people can go there. There are a lot of great pictures and good stories to to find out about. And the other thing that is wonderful, too, to find out more about you as well would be for people to sign up for your newsletter that you send out. I just got one the first part of May. So how could they sign up for that? They can sign up for our newsletter on the first page of our webpage. There's an option to do that. Oh, good. Yeah. And it tells so much about how they can become involved, but also how they can look for different things in caring for animals like senior pet, the one that they're talking about in in this newsletter, and also just how they can be an important part of that and also volunteering. I hope all the volunteering goes well. Well, Vicki, it's been great to get to talk to you. I appreciate your time and I'm glad that you guys are around and that you're so active in helping all these animals out. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical conversations.